I want to say a few things about the learning analytics exercise 2 assignment, especially since this was a real class that I taught in the spring and I wanted to share some of my insights based on what you all talked about online. I uh, looked through your assignments. Uh, I won't comment on everyone's individually, but I might mention a few names here and there so you know who to follow up with. I also posted some comments on the thread today, today being July 8th. Also, if you go to the forum and change the way it's displayed from nested to threaded, you might have a, an easier time following the conversation. Mine was set at nested before, and I don't know if that was the default, but I found it a bit hard to follow when it's displayed as nested, so that might be something you want to try. So anyway, about the exercise. First, I should say that the main point of these exercises is for you to play around with Tableau and Tableau Prep, at the interface, what they can do, how to create data and dashboards, I thought it was great to see some of you do that and others commenting and saying you learned something new. I think it helps that you all were using the same data set. And I only wish I asked you to use the same aliases just because it would be easier to talk about them and compare them. But that's okay. I think that's something that we'll do next time we teach this class. Second, I want to note that this course, the course that you got the data from, wasn't optimized for learning analytics, which is an interesting thing to think about. I don't know if any of you noticed at the beginning of this course, this present course, but we, mostly Matt, had to redesign the layout of the course to make it more suited for learning analytics. Otherwise, you'd have pages like the landing page in the sample course that had way more hits than everything else, and that skewed some of the data, as some of you found. So I think it's important to think about how design and data collection kind of inform and influence one another, and how sometimes to optimize data collection, you have to redesign the course, but up to a point. And this leads to the third point I want to say, which is that on Moodle, certain links take you outside of Moodle. I think I might have mentioned that before, which means you're no longer in the system, but you do no longer shows up in the data. So VoiceThread would be an example. I said earlier about data collection influencing design up to a point, because I don't think you should bend over backwards to redesign a course just so that it can be captured by Moodle. In other words, I wouldn't want to stop using VoiceThread just because once you click on the VoiceThread link, you're no longer on Moodle. It would be nice if that data can be retained somehow, but if it can't, then that's fine because the interaction is a lot more important than whether that data is captured, in my view anyway. So it's important to think about your priorities, especially if you are in a position of changing a design like that. Matt and I weren't super specific about how we want you to present the data. Part of that was by design. Part of it was oversight and how part. So it was interesting to see how some of you defined activity. Looking back, I think we should have specified uh, what it meant. But at the same time, I thought it helped to see how you approach that differently. Some of you using events, some of you counting everything. And I think that was uh, something interesting to see. Let me talk a little bit more about the analyses, because I think it's hard to look at your Tableau workbooks alone without your analysis, your written part on the forum, to know what you made of the data. One thing I wanted to point out when I looked at your workbooks is that when you're visualizing data, play around with how you want to visualize it. For example, in Tableau, you can have size, for example, the size of a box or a circle. Then you can have colors to show range, like what Christopher did in screencast. And you have a choice between bars and lines and so forth. When you start finding your own data to do your own analysis, you need to make sure that those choices make sense. One big reason learning analytics is gaining popularity is that it presents data for everyone to understand easily, not just the person doing the analysis. So, I should be able to look at your visual data alone to have a very good sense of the underlying data. I'm not sure if I shared an image of how I visualize this particular set of data, but I'll post it on Slack and you can take a look at how the different ways the data can, that same data can be visualized. 
visualizing data is only useful if it's easy to differentiate between one person's data and the next. Otherwise, it doesn't make sense if you can't just visually tell it apart. At the same time, you also want to make sure that it doesn't have too much variation. So for example, if every page, every event, or every student has its own color, then that becomes really hard to follow. So keep that in mind, because ideally your data shouldn't need to come with a written explanation. It should be largely self-explanatory through how it's presented, and if it's not, then maybe you need to find another way to present it. On a related note, make sure you label everything from the sheets, the document itself, the workbook name, especially when you are collecting your data and you're picking the variables. It would be really hard to follow if it's just sheet one, sheet two, and sheet three, and so on. Uh, make sure you label everything and make it clear. I thought some of you came up with some interesting observations, and I wasn't exactly sure how some of you arrived at them, so in some cases I did ask a follow-up on the forum, but assuming that it's all correct, I thought those observations were fascinating. For example, Casey mentioned how students use the discussion and assignments, but not always the readings. And it's great that you were able to arrive at that on your own, because in this particular class, I provide a fair amount of optional readings and links, and I wouldn't be surprised if not everyone checked them out, especially since some of them were specifically for students who were interested in learning more about a topic. But it's great that you were able to notice that. In retrospect, to go back to what I said earlier about influencing design, maybe I should tag the optional stuff so that it surfaces more easily. I can't tag them on the event level, but um, maybe at the naming level that would make it easy to filter out. So that wraps up this episode. It's uh, short and um, I hope, I know it's late, but uh, I also wanted to say something about your debate. Matt and I actually haven't had a chance to talk about it face-to-face um, or just even by video in person after the debate ended. So uh, maybe we'll follow up with something soon. I did want to say that it's unfortunate that one of the teams kind of imploded and Chinyue had to do all of the videos. I hope a similar thing doesn't happen to the next debate, which I'm looking forward to.